My message today is about a word that we hear a lot in church, but it's not really in the Bible. It's really Christianese, and the outside world has a really weird opinion about it. And it's the word revival. I know that's something that gets thrown around a lot, but I kind of want to break down, A, what does it mean? Um, why is it possible? And then how do we bring it? So obviously, I want to do the first trick in the book. Let's go to the Webster Dictionary, see what that has to say about it. It's, um, here are the two definitions it brought up. A period of renewal religious interest, a highly emotional evangelic meeting or series of meetings. So you can definitely tell this is like an outside perspective of like what's happening here. Let's go to some of the synonyms. Is that the right word? Synonyms? Nailed. Killed it. And I think these kind of give a little better of an example here. This is rebirth, regeneration, rejuvenation, I don't know which one's, and revivalization. Hard words. And so I think that kind of gives a little better picture. Basically, it's death to life is what revival is. And I'm going to go to actually the Lord's Prayer here. I think he said it perfect. On earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think this is exactly what we're trying to bring. And it's something that's here and it's coming, okay? And so I want to put this in a real funny way that I think will help bring it home. Let's say I'm Vladimir Putin's son, one and only son, and I call him on my iPhone, and I say, Papa Putin, your name is great. Your kingdom come, your will be done in America like it is in Russia. That kind of makes, I know that sounds really silly, but that shows you what this prayer really is. It's about bringing a government and a kingdom to earth. It's not just saying that they're good people over there, help us be good down here. It's actually about bringing a governmental change to a country or a region or atmosphere. That's what revival is. It's his kingdom come, it's his will be done. And so I wanna go through just some things of like what does revival look like, okay? The first thing, and this is a hard one because I know, um, yeah, this one's just hard, but there's no sickness. It's basically anything that's in heaven should be here on earth. And there's no sickness in heaven, okay? And I know, like, and how do I know that? Jesus healed every single person he came across. We can't find an example where he said, no, thank you. And so that's just something that we know for a fact. Like, that's a part of heaven because Jesus healed every single person. Um, where's Garrett? There he is. So it, this is another example of heaven coming to earth. We were at the Bethel worship scene two weeks ago and we did worship and we prayed and they kind of went into this time of healing and he's a tattoo artist and from what I understand he kind of sits like this and draws and has had pain from here um, all through his neck for a long time for a long time right you can wave Garrett so everyone knows he's an amazing artist and uh, really amazing and uh, and he was sitting there and he said if you want healing raise your hand Garrett didn't raise his hand and no one laid hands on him, no one touched him, but all of a sudden he felt numbness and warmth come through the back of his neck here. And he had movement that he, he didn't have for like months, right? Years. And so just like that, healing came. It wasn't even like someone laid hands on him, someone spoke in tongues. Healing just came like that. It was a supernatural thing. It was heaven invading earth. And the result was him being healed, okay? That's amazing. That really is. We had um, Cindy from the Pregnancy Resource Center. I don't see her, but she came up to me last week. She's like, there she is. Hi. She came up to me l last week. I didn't ask if I could share this, but I'm going to. 
She's precious, so it's okay, I think. You can yell at me later. But she just said, I had this pain, and there was a word given, and it's just gone. I didn't really feel anything. I didn't feel, like, heat or anything, but it just disappeared. And I've had freedom there ever since. That's heaven on earth, okay? And so that's just a part of it. This is hard because we all know someone who hasn't got healed. We all know someone who we've prayed and prayed and prayed for, and we didn't see results. But that's the twisted version. What we're doing is lining up our reality with what the Word of God says. We're not changing what the Word of God says to match our reality. You see, how this world was supposed to be and where it's at now is two different things. So what we're seeing isn't the way it's supposed to be. And I don't have answers for all these things. I don't think anyone does, but we keep trying to change this reality into what we know heaven to be, okay? All right. So the first one is healing. The second one, there's no poverty. And I'm going to show a few scriptures here, too. I think all these things are things we have to, like, wrestle with. I don't think they're the easiest things to swallow, you know. Um, but the first example I have is John 6, 11 through 12. Awesome. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. This is when he um, turned loaves and bread into He had five loaves, five breads, and fed 5,000 people, Okay. And so um, he did the same with the fish. And this is the part that I think really matters is verse 12. When they had all enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. There was an abundance. It wasn't just what you need and that's it. There was an overflow. There was an abundance. There was more than they knew what to do with. When God provides, it's always an abundance. It isn't just to the bare minimum. This is a part of heaven. This is a part of heaven is an overflow. That's what we give out of. We give out of an overflow. We don't get just enough and then try to reach out and be strong. We get filled up so much that we have to reach out, that we have to go out into our streets. See, this isn't something we can manifest on our own because, well, I'll get to why we can't later. About blew it. Um, and, the, and the second thing is water to wine. You guys all familiar with that miracle where Jesus turned water to wine? John 21.5. Do we have that? Yeah. A wedding took place in Cana, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. He said, woman, <laughs> why do you involve me? A, youth group kids, you talk to your mom like this, I'll kill you. <laughs> Jesus does what he wants, all right? When you bring heaven to earth and die for the world of sins, you can talk to your mom however you want. But not until then. <laughs> and so he said, woman, why do, you why do you involve me? My hour has not come yet. And his mom, knowing Jesus is just kind of like a weirdo kid, says, do whatever he tells you. And just kind of walks off. And so, and we all know the rest of the story. It's at the end of the party. They have plenty. And Jesus turns water into wine. See, what's great about this story is this isn't a need. This is a luxury. This is an abundance. This is an overflow. They don't need any more wine from what I'm understanding from the story. Because the master says, why did you save the best wine until the end? See, that makes no sense if you're thinking rationally. But he gave the very best wine at the end. We all know how expensive wine is, right? Like really nice bottles of wine. They can cost up to the thousands. I guarantee this wine was better than that wine. And he gave it at the end because he gives in abundance. He gives in luxury. That's a part of heaven. It really is. I'm not telling you to be wasteful and do silly things. And I want to talk about some things. If you are under attack in this area, some things to kind of fortify your walls. Is that okay? I'm going to talk about finances. And these are principles that I've had way before I ever thought about being a pastor. 
The first most important thing is that you tithe. It's the first 10% of whatever you get, you give into God's house. When I do this, I don't do this because I'm generous. I do it out of obedience. I call it not stealing for me. And I've had this like way before, like I said, this isn't about this church. I hope you understand my motives here. This is about putting a hedge of protection around your finances. I've lived without tithing and with it. And anyone that has knows the difference. Is that right? Absolutely. And so it actually puts a hedge of protection around your finances. We own a business. We get checks all the time. We tithe within like hours. I don't even want money in my account that hasn't been tithed. Like I want it tithed instantly because I want to pour it. Like it's such a principle of our family that we tithe like right away. And it isn't, like I said, it's not to bless the church. It's literally just to be obedient to Jesus and say, this is your money. This is yours. You let me be a steward of it. Let's spend it together. And when I give that first 10%, that allows that to happen. It also puts a hedge of protection around them. The second thing is be generous. Be a giver. This is the most, it's his money. You start doing, you start working with him and doing these things. I'm, I've seen an overflow. I can't tell you what's going to happen to you. I can tell you what I've seen with me. We were driving home from church, I think, a week ago. And we were like, we haven't given in a while. Like, yeah, we're tithing, but we haven't, like, given above and beyond for a while. And we thought about the Pregnancy Resource Center, and we thought, okay, that's it. That's it. We're going to write them a check. Just out of principle, because we hadn't for a while. And so I think this is one of the things to unlock supernatural abundance in your life, okay? Those are principles that have worked for our family for a long time. Okay. Timothy 5.8. This is pretty, pretty blunt. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all efficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every, so that you may abound in every good work. This is just assuming you're doing the work of the kingdom, okay? And that doesn't mean you have to sell everything to go be missionaries. You're just doing what God tells you to do. And it says all these things will abound. This is crazy. Having all sufficiency in all things at all times. That's bold. But I'm going to stand on that, okay? So, yeah, that's the second thing. We're going to kind of go into speed around here because I'm running out of time here. There's no broken souls. You see, Jesus, anyone that was, like, tormented, Jesus healed them. Same thing right away. He, he took care of anyone that was tormented in the mind. And if that's something you're struggling with, there's freedom. I promise you there's freedom. That's part of, that's part of what he paid for on the, price, on the cross is, is the freedom there, Okay? So that's super important. That's something that he brings as well. This is what I think is the most important, though. Ephesians three eighteen through 21. And he, um, yeah, this is to the Ephesian church. Holy people, the, he, this is what he wants them to grasp. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ? And to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All these things we've talked about so far are clanging symbols if you're not filled with love. That's a part of the kingdom is you overfilled with love. That has to be the number one thing. That's the most important thing. I, I don't, all the other stuff is cute. This has to happen though. This has to happen is that you are overwhelmed and overfilled with love. This is a part of the kingdom coming to earth, okay? Make sense so far? All right. And then supernatural powers. We get supernatural powers. And I'm going to go through this a little 
later. Included but not limited to healing, prophecy, words of knowledge, teaching, faith, discernment, and tongues. And there's a few others out there, but we'll get into supernatural powers a little later, all right? Um, and then exotic treasure. I really think heaven's exotic. It talks about streets made of gold. That's saying, it talks about pillars made of pearl. And you know, there's that scripture where it says, store up your treasures in heavens. I want you guys to be creative with this. Like, I think a lot of us picture, like, I want to get a yo-yo and a hat when I get to heaven. Well, like, I am going for, like, a herd of flying animals and, like, a red uniform, okay? Like, I want something crazy. Yeah, I like that. But I want you to use your imagination when you think about these things. I, I want you to be bold. Think of this, key, this kingdom, this government that you're trying to bring. It's an exotic kingdom that you're bringing. It's really better than the one we have now. And so that's something we can have confidence in. And this takes some creativity. This takes some imagination to, to think about what's possible. Okay, so now I want to talk about, that's what we're trying to bring. I want to talk about why we're able to bring it. So but before man sinned, you guys are all familiar with the Garden of Eden, right? And b before he sinned, he had full access to everything. He had he had full access. He had this kingdom on earth. He had full authority to create. He was naming the animals. I think when he was naming the animals, I think he was doing more than just like being like billy goat, turtle. I think he was actually giving them their purpose. I think when it's the Lion of Judah, I think that goes back to the root of what Adam and Eve named that animal. Okay? I think he actually gave them purpose in that. So he had authority. He was doing these things. He was, and it was like amazing. Satan tricked him, and he got those keys. He got that access. And now the enemy had the right to paint this world however he wanted. Okay? And I'm going to use some scripture to kind of back this up. If I can find where I'm at in my notes. Yeah, okay. And so here's, here's some of the proof that I think he got those keys. Matthew 8, oh, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, 8 through 9. Do we have, oh my gosh, I'd even highlight that one. Okay. And again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms and the world and their glory. He said, if you, I'm sorry, and he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you just fall down and worship me. See, he couldn't have offered those things if he didn't have them. He couldn't have given him the, the, the keys and authority over these things if he didn't have them. There would be no temptation then. It'd be like Matt coming up to me and being like, if you worship me, I will give you a Lamborghini. I, Matt has a lot of nice things. I know he doesn't have a Lambo. And so the only thing I would do is probably fall on the ground laughing because there's no temptation there. Does that make sense? Okay, the only reason it was tempting is because he had these keys. All right, and we're going to go to a different scripture here. Um, so Jesus is talking to his disciples here, and he's basically asking them, like, who do you say that I am? And they basically say, you're the Lord, you're Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. And then he says, and he says something, I promise. Okay, after they turn in, he says, mm -hmm. Aha. He said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Oh, it's right there. Jeez, Louise. Thanks, guys. A lot of help you are. You're sitting up here dying, you're just laughing. So he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Why did he say, I will give you the keys? He didn't have them yet. 
He didn't have those keys yet. He had to die on the cross and go get those keys. And so, and then he says, once you have them, you can loosen and bound anything you want here on earth and here in heaven, because you're going to have the authority back. So he went back and got those keys. Now you have them. Now you get to be Putin's son, and you get to take the government back, okay? This is, this is why you're able to. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's why you're able to take it back to where we started. All right? Cool. And then I think there's something like just really grabbing at the heart of man that just really proves this. I want to show you a video game here. And since I'm a youth pastor, this is my department. So this is a game that came out like eight, ten years ago called World, World of Warcraft. It sold eight million copies the first year for 60 bucks a month and then 15 bucks a month to play. It takes eight hours to walk across the world. You get in groups of 80 where you can talk. You have supernatural powers. You conquer the realms, both physical and spiritual, of darkness. And then you're like saying, well, this is just a video game. This is on PC, too. This is on Xbox. Like, this is an obsolete system. Its revenue is $14 billion. It's grabbing the heart of people. Because it's simulating, it's misfiring something in the heart of people. That they understand, I'm supposed to be taking this world, capturing this world, fighting back darkness, moving in supernatural powers. Because... Otherwise, this doesn't make sense. Why would you can turn it off? Does it, but, oh, oh, these are all real people. These are all like actual people at their keyboard that, that you're seeing here. That's pretty insane. Okay, you can kill it. Same with the Avengers. I think that prophet was like, let's see, I have it here. Yeah, they profited 14 billion. So, so far, we have enough to, like, wipe out the debt of Chicago between two things. That's just because these things are speaking to the heart of people. And Avengers is the exact same thing. Supernatural powers and community fighting back darkness, taking over, right? This is something that's, like, programmed inside of us. That's why it grabs us so hard when we see these things. What's the last movie of Lord of the Rings? Anybody? Return of the King. That's right. Return of the King. It's about man taking his rightful spot. Another blockbuster movie that totally changed, like, videos and movies and everything, all right? There's something here grabbing at the heart of man, being like, you were meant for this. You were meant to go and capture the captive and bring him into freedom, all right? There's something that's just, like, pulling at us. That's why these things are worth, like, I mean, literally, like, I compared it. it it's these three things could knock out the debt that's in Chicago and New York. Like, that's insane, right? Just because they're grabbing the heart of people. I think that's insane. Okay, so that so far is the what, and we have the why. Let's get into the how a little bit. How are we able to do this? All right, first, I think the most important thing is we have to go from death to life. As Christians, we say, like, a lot of funny things, right? Like, I was dead, but now I'm alive. That's scary. And I think, like, but what if we really are honest with a lot of our experiences, it's like I went from good to not as good. Or I, I'm sorry, I went from good, or I went from bad to, like, okay or, like, better. But this, like, life to death exuberant thing, like, hasn't really been our experience. 
And I think that really happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that's really the number one way for this to happen. A, get saved, put your faith in Jesus. We'll talk about that later too. And then the second thing is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this happens a lot of different ways. Sometimes you come up front, people pray for you, you fall down, crazy things. It happened to me in my room alone. And I, and I think what activates it is you saying, Holy Spirit, I am surrendered to you 100%. Whether it looks like laying on the floor and laughing and crying hysterically, or if it's giving cookies to the milkman. I surrender to you 100%. You have to understand what we're surrendering to. This is the God who creates galaxies. He creates planets. My, this isn't in the Bible. But just my guess is his like, native language probably isn't even a language. Like, I mean, the amount of knowledge and like, who he is, I bet we can't even comprehend. So when things get kind of weird when he shows up, it makes sense to me. Like, it makes perfect sense. When the king of the universe shows up, full of love, I bet things get weird. And I'm okay with that. And I'm not saying that you got to be a weirdo for the sake of being a weirdo. I'm just saying when he shows up, it's going to get weird. All right? And I, like, and yeah, it's not for the sake of being weird. Please, that stuff creeps me out. That's not what I'm saying. But... Yeah, so, but I think the number one way we come from, like, death to life it really is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that's really important. The second thing, we have to be bold. We have to be willing to take a, a risk. And for time here, I got, I got a couple examples of outreach, one where I failed miserably. We went to Bethel, which is this amazing place where you can get prayed for and prophesied for, and, like, it's like a revival center. Amazing things are happening there. We were in the airport, and I was supposed to, um, or I saw, I saw a girl, and I thought I had a word. I was with my wife, and I, I was like, I feel like she has, like, missions on her life, and I'm going to go. I thought I had, like, a word of knowledge for her. I went up to her and, like, missed completely. She was like, I'm not saved. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a little scared. And I was like, okay, love you, bye. <laughs> Ran off. That's my wife. I got to go. And then, like, and I, if there's any time, like, I should have heard the voice of God, like, it should have been there, but, like, I missed completely. And, when, and I have some other stories where, like, it went just the opposite. But I think this one's really the most important. And it's actually about someone else being bold and brave. We are at the um, Greeley Funplex. Greeley Funplex. And we take turns. I watch Wally. Steph swims laps. And then she watches Wally and I go set in the steam room. <laughs> and uh, I was setting in there. And some bigger fella, he, he was upper in the sixes and more in the twos, came in. And uh, he sat, it's an L-shaped room, you know, and I'm sitting over here, and he's sitting here, and then he scoots closer. Oh, boy. And then he scoots closer. This isn't okay. And then I see him, and he has, like, a nervous face. Like, he's not, like, comfortable. And neither am I at this point, because it's just us two. <laughs> and he sits right next to me. And it feels like, you know, like, right before two cats get in a fight, and they're like this? before they go crazy. And I'm sitting there, and I just say, it's hot in here. And I walk out, and I leave. And then he, he gets out, and he goes into the, the like showers. I was like, Steph, I almost died. He almost chopped me up into a million little pieces. And so we, we switch, and then, yeah, it happens again. We switch. It's been like a half hour. I haven't seen him. My turn's up. I go back to the steam room, and I'm sitting there. And then I'm like praying. I'm like, man, like, since I have, like, a wife and kid, I can still be bold. I can still, like, present the gospel. What am I doing being afraid? And then he comes back in. I'm like, he's going to kill me. 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 <laughs> and I'm like, but I have a second chance. I can maybe do a little better this time. 
And so I'm just sitting there interceding. He's doing the same thing. And I start to wonder if there's like a special need there or something because it's not normal behavior. And I start wondering and I start praying. And I'm like, and the Lord said this to me. He said, look how bold he's being. He's being so uncomfortable to make connection with you. He's putting himself at absolute max risk to connect with you and talk to you. And so I, I asked him his name, and I couldn't understand it. We had to have him, I had to have him, like, spell it. And I was like, yeah, we had it. And we talked, and he told me his whole life story, and he had just moved here from Texas, and his parents just g- got divorced. And we sat and talked. I asked him if he knew Jesus. He said he did. But that's the boldness for connection. Yeah, it, yeah, clap for him, right? That's the boldness for connection that we need. What that boy had, he was 19 years old, putting himself at max risk to connect with me. All right. And, but see, I would have ran for my life again like I should have, like I had every right to, if I didn't get a word from the Lord. All right. So we have to get a word from the Lord and we have to be brave. It's not going to happen if you don't. It's a part of this. It's a part of taking risk. It's a part of missing it. It's a part of getting it. And I have some other stories where like, Crazy things happen, but I want to tell you some of the hard ones because these are worth pressing through and amazing things happen. We got to take risk, okay? All right, from death to life, and we have to be bold. That's how we can bring this thing. The other thing is you have to be the bride of Christ. You absolutely have to be the bride of Christ. You have to know that you're working for your own household when you're serving this. Because if you're doing it for people or doing it for your church or doing it for your friends, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. You're going to get bitter. You're going to get resentful. You're going to get hurt. But when you're doing it as a bride working for your own house, you're going to understand this is a love relationship. This is for my own benefit that I further this kingdom. This is for my hubby. This is for our household, okay? John 15, 15 says this. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. So everything he's passionate about, everything he's in love with, the way he thinks and feels, this is what we get before we go out and serve. Okay? We can't just go do it because it's the right thing to do. You'll burn out. You'll be bitter. You'll hate people. I promise you. But if you do, and I don't care if you're the senior pastor or you're like on the vacuuming crew. Like you're gonna burn out. Like, and the vacuuming crew, that's, vacuums are amazing. They're like indoor lawn mowers. You can follow your lines, you can make perfect things, but you can't push this too far, wives, because he's gonna ask for a writing vacuum cleaner. So, so but if you, you can sell a guy on vacuuming, man. You can make that stuff pretty. And so, yeah, that's, a, and then here, check out this. Ezekiel 16, 9 through 14. This is what he's done for us. I washed the blood. I'm sorry. I washed the blood off you and rubbed your skin with olive oil. I gave you the finest clothes, the most expensive robes, as well as the sandals made from the best leather. I gave you bracelets. I gave you a necklace, a ring for your nose, some earrings, a beautiful crown. Your jewelry was gold and silver. Your clothes were made of only the finest material and embroidered in linen. Your bread was baked of fine flour, and you ate honey and olive oil. You were as beautiful as a queen, and everyone knew it. He's made you beautiful from head to toe. You have to get this, that he hasn't left anything undone. Look, there isn't anything in here from the nose 
to the necklace, to the rings, to everything. He's done it all. He's done everything he's had to to make you as beautiful as he can so that everyone would know it. This is what we bring the kingdom out of. We have to have this, this revelation if we're going to bring this kingdom, that we're the bride, that this is for our own household, and he's made me so beautiful. It's easy for me to give abundantly now because I know what household I'm a part of. Okay? All right. And the last thing here is new wineskins. I think, and I'm going to talk about this, and then we can be out of here. Oh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Okay, Mark 2, 22. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst, and the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. They pour new wine into new wineskins. How many of you guys know John the Baptist? He had an amazing ministry, probably the second best ministry up to Jesus, even to this point. He was baptizing people. He had his own clothing line, Camel Hair LLC. Like, he, like this guy had it all g- going. He was able to go to political leaders and call them a broad of vipers. Like, that's clout, right? This guy had everything g- going when it comes to ministry. This ministry was like popping. And then Jesus shows up and he throws it all away. He didn't say, but I got these followers. I'm getting, you know, we have a building fund and like all these things are happening. He just said, I'm done. I'm done. I don't need this anymore. And so that's something we have to be ready for. When the new thing shows up, I don't care what's happening. We go. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I don't care who's leading it. But we are willing to move to what God is doing. It's A for our hearts and it's B for this city. Okay, I don't care who's in charge. I don't care who's leading it. I want the new wine, and I want to be a pliable wineskin. And you see, all these old denominations, they started with someone that had an amazing revelation, and, and they caused major revival. But if, if that denomination, and some of them have and some of them haven't, and this isn't picking on one or the other, but the ones that haven't, they have like no influence in the world because they're holding on to a super powerful revelation that happened a long time ago, and it's old wine, and they're becoming old wineskins. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to be pliable. We have to be able to go with the uncomfortable things. A dream I had when we first started this church, actually, it was someone preaching who I wouldn't listen to. I'm not going to name names here because it would be horrible. But it was someone preaching that I normally wouldn't listen to, like on purpose. I had a seat, and someone came and took it took my seat because they said it was their seat and they wanted to be the youth pastors. And it was like all these super uncomfortable things happening. But the presence of God was so thick, I couldn't move. And I don't care what it takes. I I was reading this scene where, and I talked about Bethel earlier, just because they're like, they're a really big influence in the Christian world right now. They're a very big influence in the world. And they're sending these speakers over to China because they're having like a revival and they want to get like, and Bethel's known for their excellent music and the excellent things they do. And they're showing up there and these speakers who are like so set in this like success can't get off the floor. There's no music, there's no nothing. And they're flat on the floor and they can't even like do their thing because that's a new wine and they become the new wineskins like that. And they said, it's a power of God so strong you can't even move. I want to experience that and I want to carry that into my kingdom. Okay? And so that's, that's basically everything we have here. So I just want to recap real quick. The kingdom is his, his kingdom here, is his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
We're able to do it because of what he did on the cross. And we have to be bold. Do we have the recap? No? Okay, good talk. We have to be bold. We have to be dead to life, and we have to be willing to become the new wineskins, okay? All right. I'm going to pray, and then we can close. Who's closing? Okay, good talk. Okay. All right, Bryson is. All right. Jesus, I just thank you that you showed up here today. God, that you are so good that we'd even repent. Before she, I didn't know Leslie was going to say that. I spent the last two songs repenting because I wanted more of his goodness. Lord, I just thank you that you're taking us to a new place, that you're bringing new things. And I just, yeah, I just ask for you to be known here and to be known in this city. In Jesus' name, amen.